emerging generation of kings. message I left you guys hanging on, hanging with, what's the, what's the right word, with, two Sundays ago, when I was talking about Nicodemus and um, Jesus, and as his custom was, you remember that, the customs, some of you have eaten so much word, you can't remember which one, like, is this concoction in your, <laughs> your stomach, Right, I was going to complete that today, but God said I should highlight something that somebody here needs. And this might just be for three or five people. You know, when ministers say things like that, three or five, say, ah, why am I here? <laughs> let, let me just be going. But you know the things of the spirit, let me tell you what. The spirit realm has some rigid aspects, but it also has a lot of fluidity to it. You know that? A lot of dynamism in the realm of the spirit. Otherwise, things like prayers will not be available. If things were already set and nothing could change, that means that prayers are unnecessary. Are you following that? You, you get that now. Because if God says pray until your joy is full, what he's saying is that the amount of joy you have can be regulated by a degree of prayer. Are you saying that now? It sounds so easy like something you can overlook but a saying pray until your joy is full which means that if your joy is not full what do you do pray. keep on praying that prayer can recalibrate the temperature of your life the texture of your life the tone of your life prayer can redefine the direction the trajectory and I'm not preaching about prayer today, but someone needs to be reminded. But I've been praying for a long time. He said, keep on praying. What did Paul say in Ephesians 6? He said, praying all kinds of prayer. So for some people, they've been praying for a long time. They've been praying one kind of prayer. Let me ask you, for those of you who are used to driving uh, the five-gear thing, the manual cars. If you put the car in gear one. I say, I've been driving in gear one for a long time. Are you likely to win a Formula One race? Gear one will now win Formula One. You understand it? And if you're in gear one for so long, you can't win Formula One, but it might give you Formula One. Pardon? <laughs> Some of you don't know Formula because you don't have babies yet. So, like, oh, that's Formula. It's not a sob. <laughs> you wait in the water. You have spiritual babies. So yeah, give me a spiritual baby, spiritual formula. Instead of the real sincere milk of the word. It says disasters of milk, not the formula of the word. Because you see, to give you the formula, you don't have to be in touch with my bosom. So there's a generation of believers who are not bosom believers. They are bottle believers. They're looking for formula. So whoever gives them the formula in a bottle, they will run there. 
So no loyalty, intimacy, connection, connectedness, staying there, knowing the smell. You know when the baby stays in the bosom of the mother, the baby gets to know the smell, the scent of the mother. And there's the bond and fusion of intimacy. Are you following that? All right, so what is the message God has for the three to five people? <laughs> so why, why did I mention that? Because even if you go to a ministry or a message, a, a setting, where the word is mentioned, I say, this is what is for three to five people. You know what? You can grab it. How do I know there's biblical template for it? You see it all over the place. Even Romans 10. It said the sea, the Jews were the, originally, were the ones originally grafted. Into the promise. But he came to his own. His own received him not. And so the Gentiles were engrafted. Are you following this now? I've rejected Saul. Here comes David. The one with the issue of blood. Not on the agenda. Does not see Jesus' secretary to book an appointment. Her faith gave her an appointment. Are you following this now? She took the healing virtue. Jesus didn't say, oh, I can see that I'm now about to release virtue. It said, somebody withdrew something from me. My God, I feel like somebody's going to download some things from on high. Going beyond the protocols, the typical protocols and pathways. In the name of Jesus, something that you are not even sure you are qualified for or ready for. But that God has reserved by grace for those who walk in faith. I proclaim that this week you will step into it. This thing is about how deeply you're willing to engage it. Give just shared a testimony with us about how she took the voice note I recorded on what day was it? Was it Tuesday or something? Or what day, what day of the week was it? Monday. And she took the voice note to our mother's side. And the same oil and grace, even though I sent it to King's WhatsApp group, she extended it in the realm of the spirit. Said, so if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for my mother. This is important, that we have power with God. Do you know something? Let me just, let me mention this. How many of you have been in a relationship before? Any kind of, uh, what's the word? Boyfriend, girlfriend, fiancé, financier, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. That kind of relationship? Not a platonic relationship, but non-platonic relationship. Sponsored, sponsoree. They want to sponsor you. Are you a social media post? <laughs> send it to me, send it to me, that could work. <laughs> now, now listen to this. You've been in, in a relationship before where your heart was invested. Do you know that when you say yes to somebody, either to be boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, whatever, friend, that kind of friend, not with benefits though, because the Lord does not like that. It's the God that should load you with benefits. Write that down. That's good stuff. Send it to me. The way you're holding my leg. Do you want to load me? <laughs> are, you, are you saying? Now, you know the moment you say yes to somebody, you have given that person power over you or power with you. Let me tell you, ladies, if you're a woman... 
and you get married to somebody, you have given that person power over you. Not that the person is stronger, but in the cadence of the distribution of power by divine delineation, the man is the head of the woman in the context of marriage, not in the general context. So once you say that I'm going to marry this person, whether you like collect their surname or not, it's not by surname. In the realm of the spirit, when God looks at that family unit, he sees everybody through the eyes of the man. That's why it was Eve that ate the fruit, but God never spoke to Eve. God spoke to Adam. This is the reason, ladies, you have an advantage in that you determine who you give your yes to. Because some people you give your yes to, they have an emotional or spiritual eraser. They'll remove the S to become ye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're not careful, you find yourself in the West, you say Jesus. Then you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? Call it yeah, one. Yeah, ba. Look at son, that's not my portion. That's not your look at the sister, say that's not your portion. I love the energy on that side. Look for a sister beside and say, no, 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 no. And if it has happened to you before, we reverse this in the name of Jesus. You are coming into a place of compensation. This is the word of the Lord concerning somebody over the next 60 to 90 days. The Lord will turn that around miraculously and position you on purpose and plant you in the right relationship. Amen. The father cares about you. And I've still not read the text for today. It's not a text. It's just one line. And I said, but Lord said, shine the light on this. John 14 verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. This is the message God wants somebody to remember. What is going on here? Jesus is speaking to his disciples about the release of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit whom he called the helper, is going to come to them. And he's saying to them, I will not leave you orphans. In other words, the church is not an orphanage. The church is a home. The church is a family. We are not parentless. You cannot see our daddy, but our daddy has sent pastors, leaders, who will carry out his agenda. Now, every congregation, every flock, no matter the size, has only one shepherd. Because every fold has only one shepherd. But this is what happens in ranching and shepherding. As the sheep begin to multiply, because the shepherd has done a great job leading them to green pastures and all. The sheep, like I was, I was illustrating with the service team members earlier. The sheep start seeing just... The backsides of the other sheep. So now the shepherd has to skillfully have folds within the fold. Not schisms. Not breakaways. Not power camps. Are you seeing that? But folds within the fold. Are you seeing this now? 
And so they are under shepherds in that place. Why? So that the pastoral care can reach everybody in that place. So that means if, there, if somebody's in a place and it does not feel shepherded or feel pastored, it could be that the person has not found the fold within the green fold. And so what happens to many people is that they want the church to remain small. They don't even know that psychologically they are praying soulish prayers against the numerical growth of the church. Because in their minds they think, ah, if this church can be bigger than 200, pastor will not know my name any longer. Are you following? So some people tell you, I like small churches. Once that church has become big, ah, they've outgrown my personal care and personal preferences. Now, those same people who say, I like small churches, they will never say, I like small babies. I just want my baby to remain small. Are you following now? Let's bring it home. Because the body, the local church, is a body. Now, whoever prays in this world, ah, because the baby is small. Anytime baby cries, the mother will always be there. So, let me just remain a small baby. Now, in adult life, as after Nigeria has shown you Pepe, many adults are like, I wish I was still a baby. Is that really true? Is that really true? Beyond the point of pain. You wish you're still a baby with all you know, somebody will back you on their back. You poop your pants and have to wait for sun to clean you up. Do you really wish? Look at your neighbor, say, We're growing, 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 we're growing. But what he says is that beyond the pastor and under shepherds who are under the pastor in the local assembly, watch this. There is the ministry of the Holy Spirit that makes the pastoral ministry of Jesus relevant to you wherever you are. That is what he's saying. I will not leave you orphans. Who is an orphan? An orphan is someone who does not have parents. What do parents do? Parents do not just procreate. Parents provide. Parents protect. Parents nurture. Parents guide. Parents safeguard. He's saying you are not an orphan. When you are an orphan, you have nobody to speak for you. When it says, I will not leave you orphans, it's saying no matter how browbeaten you feel you are, how downcast you are, if you have the Holy Ghost, you are not parentless. Is somebody getting this? So for some of us who no longer have earthly fathers or never knew our earthly mothers or who feel like we don't have anybody to speak for us because some people, the issue is you actually have an earthly father and that makes it more annoying because it seems as though his earthly presence does not make a difference in the practical realities of your life. Oh, can I talk right now? He's saying that I get that. And what I've provided for you is the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit will father you or provide the seed you need. The strength you need. The infrastructure you need. The nomenclature you need. The labor you need. The support you need. The defense you need. Somebody shout, I'm not, I'm not an orphan. If you've ever said, how I wish my father was alive, a part of your mind was still operating as an orphan. My physical father may have died. Maybe he left me no will. Maybe he left me no inheritance. Maybe he didn't even leave me contacts and contracts and all of that. But if I have the Holy Ghost, I'm not an orphan. Somebody shout, I'm not an orphan. 
My physical father may be alive and he might be the one asking me for money when he should be the one giving me money. Asking me, can you help me pay this one and do that? But hear the voice of the Lord as clearly as you're hearing my voice. You are not an orphan. Shout it to yourself, I'm not an orphan. And often feels, which you come help me, I'm almost done. And often feels disadvantaged. And often feels, I wish there was somebody to protect me. I wish there was somebody to speak up for me. He said, if you have the Holy Spirit, how does that work? The Holy Spirit will minister into the hearts of people who are trying to make decisions about you. The same way you are saying, if my dad was alive, he would have gone to Ministry of Education. Or Ministry of Oil and Gas. Or Ministry of Finance. When you go into your sacred place and you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Just the same way I taught those who were in the first service. That the physical absence of Jesus is not the disadvantage. Are you following that? So the Holy Ghost is not just friend. He's also parent. Oh, I, I wish that there was somebody I could cry to. Some of you will live alone. Maybe you don't live with your dad or your mom or with friends or flatmates or anything. You live by yourself. I wish there was somebody, somebody looking neighbor so you are not an orphan. Let me just tell you something. How many of you know that many of us were not properly parented? Many of us, not all. Only a few of us can say, oh, my parents were amazing parents. I mean it from my heart. I can say that. My parents were amazing parents. They made huge sacrifices, not only financially, but also morally and character-wise to raise. My mom came for white night as a surprise. I mean, think about that. Now, so but not everybody can say that. And even out of those of us that can say that, there might be certain skill sets that are still missing in your life. So for example, let me just tell you, a lot of ladies, their mothers never spoke to them about sexuality. Never. Anytime they try to bring up the subject matter, they cringe the mother came with, or the defensiveness, oh, am I talking right now, ladies? Was an argument. That gap in your life made you vulnerable and susceptible, depending on whether you fell into something or something fell into you, or whatever, or whatever the spectrum was. But that vulnerability was created by the absence of parenting in that area. So you didn't know what to do with your sexuality because there was no physical parent to guide you. But the Holy Spirit, when it comes into a life, even in an area where nobody has instructed you, guess what? The Holy Spirit said, do it like this. Don't do it like that. Do it like this. Don't do it like that. He is your guide. Somebody shout him not an orphan. How about the men? Many men messed up with women because nobody taught them how to handle women. So all they knew was that women were things to play with. Objects. Toys fun things or some of them things to step on to conquer to defeat that was the ideology they were not properly parented the holy spirit will reverse the negative aspects of your parenting experience oh i thought someone was supposed to be excited about So if all you do is that's just one aspect. He said, I will not leave you orphans. I will teach you. He says, I will guide with my eye. I will teach you the way you must go. How about many people? Many of us were not parented in our finances. Who can be a witness? Did your father or your mother ever sit you and say, okay, this is what you do with money? Oh, come on, somebody talk to me. When you have money, you honor God with the first portion. You save and invest with the next portion. Then you put aside charity given, and then the rest of it. Now, because we're not parented in that area, you have changed jobs three or four times. Your salary has increased four or five times, but your reality, your financial reality, is still bad because you were not parented in that area. Are you hearing this? So the Holy Spirit does not just come to repair the damages caused to your soul by canal living. He comes to fix the vacancies in your mind due to poor parenting. I hope somebody's receiving this. 
says the Holy Ghost, how will you know? And you have no need of anyone to you anything. In other, anything. In other words, to detect error from truth, sir, because you have the anointing of the Holy One. And he teaches you all things. He gives you a holistic perspective of the intelligence of God. I'm just trying to watch my time. I will not leave you orphans. All through this week, say to yourself, I am parented. I am catered to. I'm surrounded by God. I have divine intelligence. I'm not an orphan. You'll be shocked at how much of an orphan spirit is all over Nigeria. Why? See, what God does is that when he wants to parent you, he gives you the Holy Spirit. God in you. But he doesn't end with the Holy Spirit. He gives you a pastor. Every someone's like, does every believer have a pastor? Well, let me tell you, whether the believer is going to church or not, God already gave a pastor as a gift to every believer who saved. Wherever they are under the law, inside because he gave gifts to men. Some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. To be in a fold, to grow up in a family, in community. Right? And then raises models as witnesses of effective parenting around you. Are you following this? So there is no gap in your life that God does not have provision to fill. There's no gap, no space, no error, no blunder, no mistakes. So God doesn't just parent, you know, your mind maybe was damaged with negative thinking or low self-esteem or weakness and all of that. That's that. But guess what? God also fills the vacancies in your sexuality, in your economics, your personal finance, in your relationships, in the sharpness of your tongue. So I'm like, that's where I talk, that's where I talk. You've not been parented with your tongue. What does the parent do? Train up a what? Child in the way he should go. And when it's old, it will not depart. So what the Holy Spirit does is that he puts you on a train. He puts you on a track. Because a train is the engine that moves the coaches on the track. Any part of your life that is awkward that seems disconnected, disenfranchised, is an area where you must submit to the parenting ministry of the local pastor and the Holy Ghost in the private place. Are you following this? This is why Jesus did not say, I will give you men. He didn't say that. He said, I will make you fishers of men because men of the God kind are not just birthed they are also made. They are birthed by regeneration. They are made through transformation. The Holy Spirit has to transform that man. His ideologies, his thinking systems. Eight minutes. His thinking systems. Someone to say, I'm not an orphan. Say, I'm covered. I'm protected. I'm loved. I'm surrounded by the mercy and the goodness of God. Say, all things are working together for my good. Say, I am guided by God. My steps are ordered. Now, a lot of Nigeria, an orphan spirit. Why? Family structures broken and damaged. But beyond that, because family structures are broken and damaged, but you have a leader who's sensible and correct, what happens? He can fix it, can help. 
Now, you now have leaders who have used and abused and pillaged resources and then they've taken loans that they will never live long enough to see the consequences of. Because if a man is almost 80 and is taking loans of billions and billions of dollars, I hope you know he's not going to pay for it. I hope you know. If God has mercy on him and he lives for another 10 years. So who's going to pay for it? Children who already have an orphan context. That feels like there's no hope. So apart from sustaining their lives, there's the burden of national debt hanging around their head. Somebody say, that's not my family. That's not my family. Say louder. Say, that's not my family. Shout, I'm a child of God. I will not leave you orphans, but the second part, he says, I will come to you. Whenever you seem to be stuck or stranded, like there is no help, remember John 18, what does God say he will do? What does he say he will do? What does he say he will do? That's why Jesus said to them, do not worry when they stand you before courts and try you before men. Do not worry about what you will say. He said, in that same hour, what you will say will come to you. What it means is that this I'm giving you the Holy Ghost, you are never stuck. This week, something good is coming to you. Insight and revelation will break forth upon the horizon of your heart. In the name of Jesus, I wish your amen was loud. I'm getting ready to close. This week, as you walk, you walk in clarity of purpose. You are not confused this week. You are not envious this week. You are not lustful this week. You are not abandoned this week. God is coming to you, through you, in you, around you, with you, surrounding you with mercy and glory and goodness and bounties and excellence and joy because you are not an orphan. What it means, this is the reason it said, whilst when you call, I will answer. Whilst you're yet speaking, I will respond to you. Just like a baby is whining and crying and the mother knows, oh, that is the poop cry. He wants to be relieved of some pressure. That is the hunger cry. She wants to be catered to. God hears. This is the reason. It says that God hears the cries of your heart. He said, when you call to me, I will respond to you. And sometimes your crying is the call. Sometimes your groaning in your spirit is the call. For the spirit himself makes intercession. Oh, my katabaya. With groaning is the words cannot express. So there's sometimes there's no articulate word or any kind of voluminous vocabulary that triggers a response from your spirit. But guess what? That, mm, that is you crying. He said, I will come to you. I will come to you. I will come. I will come to you. Somebody who's been out of work for weeks, out of work for months, just like God did it for Gogo just two or so weeks ago, he is coming to you. That job is coming your way. That relief is coming your way. That support is coming your way. Those clients are coming your way. The answers are coming your way. The accommodation is coming your way. He is coming to you. Just the same way physical father will not see a child, his child without accommodation. Latch onto this revelation. If you have any accommodation challenge, I don't care how much you have or don't have. You are not an orphan. You are not paying for that one with your money. You are not an orphan. Your father is not irresponsible. He pays your tuition. He pays your room and board. He pays your extracurricular activity fees. I proclaim a release of showers, of supply, abundance, release, increase in the name of Jesus. He's coming to you. 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 Every gap in your thinking, every gap in your makeup, every gap in your sexuality, where you learned about sexuality, reading MMB or nude things or corrupt material, he's coming into the secret chambers of your heart and your mind. He's cleaning up the closet, clearing up the mess, removing the funk and the gunk, and filling the emptiness with the 
oil of his joy. He is coming to you in the name of Jesus. He is coming to you in the name of Jesus. He is coming to you in the name of Jesus. He is coming to you in the name of Jesus. This is a week of multiple answers. Multiple answers. Multiple answers. Not by power, not by might, but by the sovereign spirit of the Lord. Receive your income. Coming into you, receive your income. Receive help. You are not an orphan. Don't you get it? When they say, sorry, we have closed the deal. Go back again. The Holy Ghost still whispers in the midnight hour. The Holy Ghost still plants dreams. Don't you understand? Joseph was about to discard Mary. But the Holy Ghost dispatched angels. And there was a dispatch of messages from heaven saying, do not lay her aside. The Holy Ghost is still real. The Holy Ghost is still here. The operating system of your life is so configured by God. You are not an orphan. Somebody make it your declaration. Make it your prayer. Make it your announcement. Make it your intense intercession. Make it your supplication. If I'm friends to the governor, there will be benefits. If I'm friends to the president, there will be benefits. Trust me, if you're a friend of God, there are benefits. What are some of those benefits? The higher you are connected to power, the faster, the more easily certain things should be done. It's not about irresponsibility. It's about irresponsibility. So I'm not getting these benefits because I'm irresponsible. Because I'm getting them because I'm irresponsible get in this. The reason the governor does not care about his laundry, there's an allocation for that. Doesn't care about his laundry, doesn't care about his feeding, doesn't care about his costume, does not care about his cars. There's an allocation for that. Not because he's irresponsible, but because he's too responsible for higher things to be bogged down by who's ironing my clothes today. Do you get it? It's a consciousness you must cultivate. Otherwise, you feel like you're pretending. And you feel like working with God is not working for you. Because you're not aligned with the protocols of the operating system. What are the protocols of the operating system? Number one, eliminate worry from your life. Worry is a waste of your heart drive. Or let me put it like this. Worry is a waste of your heart drive. Your heart drive which is supposed to be the storage of divine intelligence, storage of divine resources. 
He says, don't worry. But what you will eat, what you will drink. Oh, I wish somebody would go strong and proclaim over this week. Baby girl life. Baby boy life. Any small money where I get. <laughs> Any little change. <laughs> I'm not saying be careless. So. Declare it over your life this week. Declare it. For the rest of your days, declare, 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 declare. Zotika tekos ovele debadi, zbrasu fres pelinda, shufra si pros polotikas. The Holy Spirit, the pastor, the pastor, and leaders will parent you publicly. The Holy Spirit parents you privately because he's with you every time. When you feel like going to that guy's house to go and sleep and spend the night over, your flesh wants it. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive your help. This is against your will. I move away. Or that lady's house, vice versa. Or you're about to just do that. They're about to do that dirty deal in the office. They're not asking you to be a part of it. They're just saying, turn a blind eye. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive boldness. I receive wisdom. I receive divine intelligence. To represent Christ in this matter. You will not be able to do it by your own power. But his power. Give it room. Give him room to express himself. Give him room to manifest himself. These are the ways in which we begin to cultivate the supernatural. And when we begin to cultivate the supernatural. Then it becomes our natural. And they will say this guy. There's something about you so different. Father we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that we are not orphans. We go forth in the, into this week with a bold assurance, the deep confidence that we are surrounded and safeguarded. Nothing catches us unaware because our steps are ordered by God. We take our place in the full consciousness of all that has been provided. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Now as righteous, we are standing in the fortress of Jehovah. No shaking. No shaking. Nothing moves us. We're ir immovable. Irremovable. Always abounding with joy and gladness. Proclaim that every yoke and every weight and every limitation is completely obliterated from our lives. We surrender ourselves to the tutorial ministry of the Holy Spirit. Guide us into all truth. You guide us into all truth. You reveal Christ to us. You reveal to us the divine allocations. The daily dispensary that houses the bounties and the blessings of God. Thank you Holy Spirit. Lord, now I ask for anyone who has a private discourse and conversation where their hearts are troubled or their hearts are stirred up and the enemy is trying to pollute, contaminate, conflict, harass, intimidate, guilt, trip, shame. Lord, we apply the power of the blood of Jesus over every heart and every conscience. No room for shame. We speak repair. We speak repair. We speak supply. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise. This week you walk in abundance. You walk in increase. In Jesus' name we've prayed. I wish somebody would say a louder, stronger amen. Clap their hands.
Bright, you're not an orphan. Kelechi, you're not an orphan. Call your name here. Lara, you're not an orphan. You know one of the other things that the enemy tries to do? He tries to abuse you. He tries to use parents' figures in your life to abuse you so he can distort your image of the fatherhood of God. So might contaminate your dad and cause him to either molest or physically assault or verbally accuse or your mom to do all of that or raise you in a ministry where leaders are abusive or insensitive and so somewhere in your subconscious mind it's difficult for you to enjoy the abundance of God the fun fatherhood of God because all the leader figures you've seen have in a way misrepresented or jeopardized the trust that parents and is are you following that? And so there are many people who never receive answers to God because God doesn't just want to be transactional and give you an answer and go. He doesn't want to give you formula. Yeah? He wants to be relational. He wants not only to give you answers, but to grow in the relationship. To grow, to thrive, that relationship. And he knows that, you know, that's where everyone else begins to say, oh, no, no, me, I don't, I don't do church. If I do church, I'll just enter at the back after everything has started. i just go for the word. Then I'll go back. When you hear statements like that, there's been a breakdown in a measure of parenting, either privately in their walk with God or publicly in communities that were set up by God to help them grow. So keep this in mind. When you're dealing with people anywhere you're not only dealing with them you're dealing with the parents and that brought them to that place some people who are wicked and cruel and insensitive at work is you're not the problem it's how they were raised once you understand that context it allows you to be more large-hearted to be more patient with people because you know you cannot undo in one conversation what they have believed about themselves and you 30 years before you met them Anybody who speaks suave like this is a suspect. He's going to steal my money. Meanwhile, you are a gifted orator. Anybody who's too nice, they are too fond. They want to fondle me. Meanwhile, you're the lovey-dovey person. Anybody that is very strict is demonic. Meanwhile, the anointing for their, the grace for their next level is, has been committed to your hands. But so anybody that is too strict, you see how people form opinions. And the enemy builds base stations and demonic infrastructure to cut people short or off. But you are freed from all of those. Wow. I think this message, I think the three to five people is really for... They got it. Oh, we're more than five. I feel like it was deeper than the time we gave to it. Right? I think it's very deep. The Lord leads me to... Who are the people shouting there? It was amazing. Who are the people? The extra children. Overflow. <laughs> Love you guys. We might have to listen to you pray through. The Holy Spirit is my private parent. And you know, when you've been privately parented, not a lot of your flaws will show up outside. You know, people whose flaws, character flaws, moral failures are magnified because they didn't have private parents. Do you know that? Let me just ask you a question. How many of you will be honest enough to say that the times I'm disconnected from Master Life or in love with kings or weekly gatherings, sometimes I just do nonsense. Anybody who can just... Just be honest. 
now nonsense is different spectrum. We don't know the nonsense you did, but but you shall you straight, right? Any, some of you are like me, I would never I'd rather die than raise my hand. It's not wrong with you. It's not wrong with you. Because a house, husband is house band. A house band, husband, like Alice band, keeps your hair together. It's not as if your hair cannot do really for the world. I wish I could play with somebody's hair, but that might be a little too personal for some people, right? But, but, do you have a band on your hair? Can, do you, can you modify, manufacture a band? Come, come help me. Go, go, please. Come help me. Let me show you what. Go, 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 go. Now, now, if you, can you wave your hair like this? Can you? Can, can, yeah, yeah, do it. I love it. Now, all of us can be loose. All of us can have fun and play games. As long as you're in the flesh, you can play the flesh to the extreme and become crazy. Oh, you're not hearing. That brother or sister beside that is blowing tongues. That you're even crushing on their tongues. Kaposki, Lefotaka, Kapeski. Are you an antivirus? Makafi, Makafi. Avasta. And if you let yourself go, as long as you are housed inside this flesh, this body, you can go all the way. So not everybody's shaking. Some people are not shaking. They are just like this, waiting for wind to blow them. They will do things that will cause ears to tingle. What God does, he understands that. So he gives us disciplines, consecrations, limitations. Help me. Limitations restrictions, timetable, schedule, wake up at this time, fast this day, give this amount of money to hold this thing together, this thing called flesh. Park it well, my sister. Because, because some people, they have one level of parking, but if something should change, let me help you. Can, can I help you? Fold it, fold it very well. As a not, I don't want it to be nicely, as a tie, and you know, just pack it. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, dear. <laughs> this is like spontaneous illustration. You see this? <laughs> see, for many of you, depending on how far God wants to take you, let me just ask you, ladies. You know, if you're going very far, ladies, or the event is going to be very long, and they are doing only gillies, can't tell her. You know, there's a way you can't use one pin. They pin the gillie, then they pin the gillie to the hair. Then, depending on the situation, they might pin it to the scalp. <laughs> because this gillie, as is. <laughs> so, when you are dancing, there's even a way you are dancing. <laughs> because you know how it is. This is what the Bible means by walk circumspectly. <laughs> Do you get it? So the disciplines of a local church, of a body where you are not the one calling the shots. Every one of us needs a context in which we don't call the shots. Because no matter how great, uh, how great a caller you are, you can lose the C, place, replace it with B, you become a bowler. Have you noticed? The greatest orators, they can stutter. 
either out of excitement or energy or you're saying something in your mind it comes out the greatest orator orators what it means the most the purest the holiest believers can fall so you need a context that contains and regulates your operation this is not a word that is not for the wise a message is enough more than one word that, that this prophet this last part is prophetic teaching generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings to join this growing community of kings visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566 one more thing someone you know needs this kindly share this now